Hello everyone, welcome to Animoot. Uh, we're going to be talking about small teams today. Crown, have you ever worked in a small team before? Or what team sizes have you experienced? I think I only have ever worked in small teams. And when I say small team, I guess I'm talking 1 to 30 people. Okay, 30 people I'd say is a medium team. Small team I'd say is between 3 and 10? 15-ish? That sounds about right. 30, I mean, for, for in my context, 30 is still technically kind of small. It, I guess it depends on the structure, because I've found that once you start hitting about 20 or more, that's when you need to start bringing in a bit more bureaucracy. There needs to be roles in place that simply do not need to exist with less people. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it does depend on the context, but like if you're running a, a multiple animer, animator project, <laughs> um, that can get pretty big, but still kind of feel like a small team, if that makes any sense. Like you'll have one or two main leads and then everybody else is sort of vaguely connected, but you're not. Yeah, it's it's not like a studio setting where, yeah, small team, three to 15 people. Okay, so today we're focusing on working in the small teams, though, not the medium or the big teams. So what did you want to hit on that? Well, we're bound to talk about how they all are in context with one another. Sure, sure. The whole point of it. Um, because as teams get bigger, the individual has more specific roles and curiously probably less control over uh, what that thing is. Uh, so as I was saying about getting into around 20 or so people, I find that's when you're going to need uh, like a uh, like a layout artist, someone whose role is to keep track of continuity, making sure that everything is set up in the shot, right? Because the individual animators, they're probably not looking at the shots either side if they're working on a sequence that's out of order. So you get all sorts of weird continuity errors. And it's a position that when there's just, you know, four or five of you, you just don't think about it because everyone's talking to each other and you're, you're across the board. But have you not experienced that with a team of 30 people because you're sort of in charge and you keep across all of it yourself? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I was, I was just trying to think. Um... I guess I've been part of projects where I'm not the lead, but then again, when you're not the lead, then you're the animator who's just doing the one shot. So you don't care about layout, right? Because your job is just to animate that shot. So you don't even see necessarily what might be going on around you, which is the head of the coordinator is making sure that all of the shots make sense and has someone that is setting them up. So yeah, I see what you mean. One of my favorite things about small teams is, of course, there's more room for um, being thrown into the deep end and having to pick up skills that you otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, so a simple example of that would be uh, someone who may be a Disney animator <laughs> in a large studio. Like, they're just an animator, right? But in a small place, it's like, oh, whoa, you're a Disney animator. You must be really good. You should be the director. So, you know, like your your rank goes up <laughs> as you sort of like uh, move down, I suppose. Um, so I've picked up most of the skills that I have uh, just through sheer necessity because, you know, there's all there's a small group of you. Everyone only has a set set of skills and it's like, okay, this thing needs to happen and nobody knows how to do it. So someone just has to figure it out. Show of hands, who's on this one? <laughs> And putting your hand up to as many of those things as possible is like they benefit you greatly moving forward. Because when you reach a larger studio, um, you know, you get hired for a specific thing and you do that specific thing and then you go home. And that's nice. Like you, you still learn things within that particular niche and from your colleagues who have very specific niches around you. Um, 
but it's certainly not as fast. Okay, so uh, just thinking about the small teams thing, there's kind of two angles to to look at it, and one would be the benefits of the small team. The other would be sort of the negative things about the small team. Because when you get into small teams, you also get tied up a lot more in the the politics and like the relationships between people because it's only five of you so if x and y are not getting along very well it sort of disrupts the whole project i was gonna say i like that because again you learn more you learn more more quickly like being in a in a one room place as you're like just the artist drawing away but you hear the producers and the directors discussing budgets and schedules and all, all these like crazy things going on that you otherwise wouldn't normally get exposed to. You're like, yeah, learn a lot just passively. Sometimes the things that you shouldn't do because you kind of like overhear them, like messing things up and you're like, oh, okay, make a note of that. <laughs> Be prepared for this problem that might happen. Or sometimes if it's uh, with people that are good and that you trust you could just speak up then and there and avert a problem from ever happening in the first place uh, oh right right it, i mean small teams can be way more efficient than large ones it's it's weird because if i feel like we're sort of discussing this as a which is better or which should you do which of course it doesn't work that way it's just no it's not like that it's just like i don't I, I guess I don't have a lot of experience with bigger teams either, so I can't really speak to that. I can only speak to coordinating small teams. Well, the reason why I wanted to talk about it today, I guess, is simply because I'm moving back into one next week. I've spent the last six or seven months um, just just work from home, uh, doing uh, personal stuff. And I'm probably going to continue to do uh, just like freelancing and personal stuff for a while. But being surrounded by people again, which is going to be real nice. Yeah, I'm kind of itching to get into some, to, to do that here. We have a couple of uh, small studios here. And I'm just wondering how much longer it's going to be before I start, you know, fix up a, a demo reel and try to get over into a physical studio because I crave real interaction with people. <laughs> well, is it a place where you're sort of just hot desking? Why would you need a demo reel for that? I didn't really know that was a thing. Hot desking. Those places where just a whole bunch of freelancers get together and work alongside each other. And if you're really lucky, it's one where they all sort of like come together to do the bigger jobs. Well, that would be nice. But I, I, such a small Canadian province that I'm in, I doubt that such a thing exists. If it does, I don't know about it. So what's the kind of one that uh, you're talking about? You want to get involved in like a show? Oh, that would be fun. Since we're talking about small teams, it would be good to work on a big team to get some perspective of what's that like, what that is like. Because most of the time, I have not spent a lot of time just being a cog in the machine. So I don't really know, I don't have the perspective to talk to that aspect. It's a great experience. I definitely recommend it. Um, and you're at the right spot where you probably could just jump straight into it. The weird catch-22 is you already need you know, particular skills already under your belt in order to be hired because it's a lot more competitive as well. The smaller teams tend to form a bit more naturally just around right place, right time. Yes, yes, that is true. Small teams form more naturally. Well, you were talking about getting wrapped up in politics and drama, which, again, is something that I quite like because it, it this really... You like drama? No, 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 no. It's, it's not about, like, liking the politics of drama. It's, um, this is, a like, a really personal thing because it really really comes down to the specific people that you're surrounded by 
because if it's politics and drama because you're surrounded by assholes that you don't get along with and you can you know <laughs> never come to a resoluted solution of course that's the worst what i'm talking about is when uh you're in the meat of a project of uh people that you do get along with really well but there is still a rawness to it like even when you're working with best friends there's going to be tension there's going to be disagreements intense things happen but what I think is really cool is when there is a mutual understanding that that will happen and any sort of tenseness won't be taken personally. You know, you're sort of allowed to get annoyed with one another in in the situation. But then when it's all said and done, you've made an awesome project as a result of that. And it's great. Uh, so I would much rather that if I'm dropping the ball, that my lead has the courage to pull me aside and tell me as such, or even lay into me if they have to, in order to, because like you're damn well assured I'm going to, you know, get my act together after that, rather than them being passive aggressive or keeping it to themselves and not telling me that I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned do like, you have to understand that when you're in a small team, it's not personal. You're debating over, the project so example of that i have two friends that were kind of trying to throw a game together i don't know that it's actually going to happen but we kind of got into this tense debate about whether the game should be mechanics driven or story driven and then we were arguing arguing with each other over whether the main character should be a character that has a story behind it or if it should be a representation of you the player and we sort of got in like an argument about that. But as long as you understand that it's, you know, that's just about the project. That's not about the, the, the relationship or whatever, then it's fine. But if you don't, if you don't understand that you can have a major falling out between people. So like you might end up arguing about characters and you might end up losing some friendships over that. If you haven't well defined the boundaries of your project and your team and like, okay, well, whatever we fight about of, as far as characters, that has nothing to do with like us. So we can fight about this over here. But at the end of the day, you know. Because those arguments can be a wonderful thing if it means cr the creation of a better product. Yes, and it does. That's what result is, is better product. That's the thing. People need to put their emotions at the door in that regard, because if you have an emotional attachment to the reason why a character is the way that it is, and someone is able to successfully argue to you that a different way of approaching that character is better, isn't that good? Right, right. I And I wouldn't say that you should be emotionally unattached, because you should be passionate about what you're doing. For that reason, because you want it to turn out really well, you should be open to changing things yeah. well that's why they happen as arguments i guess rather than just a hey you reckon the character should be like this oh okay like oh yeah right roll over sure whatever you want i'm just gonna roll over and do it no <laughs> especially in a small team no like things get argued over a lot more it's likely that one person in particular is going to have more of an attachment to this hypothetical character than another though if it started off as their baby or they're the director or something like that and someone is trying to buck against it uh, well, what happens then? Because it may still be that director's final say to be like, no, it's my character. Keep it this way. You know, if they're not willing to accept that their vision may not be the best, then that's that kind of, kind of lame. Oh, that's lame. But then just don't work for a team that's like that, you know, like just. <laughs> it's, it's why I'm really happy that the like the Star Wars prequels exist, 
because they're a wonderful study at, at this kind of thing. Um, and it's interesting now that those uh, films are starting to have a bit of a resurgence in popularity. Like this, there is something lovable about them. Um, but back uh, a number of years ago where everyone was just sort of like really laying into them, uh, one of the uh, outputs was how the original trilogy was uh, a bit more collaborative. People weren't afraid to tell this director when they thought he was wrong and have arguments with him uh, to craft something a bit better. Like it was quite collaborative. Whereas one, two, and three, he was now so popular and well-known and it was kind of just surrounded by a lot of yes men. It seems like allegedly, I don't want to say anything. So, so that's why it just sort of became the singular vision and was a little bit lackluster. And I think one reason why people still continue to talk about these movies and unpack them is because you can sort of like see that there's something really interesting there. The vision is neat. Um, but it's so like down the middle and no one else was really able to like step up and be like, Hey, no. <laughs> and I think that, I think that's kind of what we crave all the time. When people want critique, it's because you're craving that, you know, the argument that's going to bring about the idea. And in a lot of times you'll find when you're working in a small team, you'll be arguing about something and together through that argument, you come up with the third option and that is better than both of those. Right. Unfortunately, we just live in a very, um, like, binary time, or at least in a time where people want things to be binary, even though they clearly aren't. Like, something is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. People don't know how to react when there's, like, a film or something that is just a really hardcore 5 out of 10. <laughs> like a total flatline mediocre, like, it's good. That's it. This film is so unbelievably all right. And, and for that to be okay, you know, like usually over time, people will react at first being like, yeah, it was, it was okay. Over time that will tend to skew down more and more towards, oh, it was bad because it wasn't perfect. And that's a real shame. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of always seeking the, the most, the best thing, right? Like we're always trying to find the best examples of X, Y, or Z to do. So anything that's below that tends to get a bad rap i guess well, so it's about dividing the difference between um uh constructive criticism and just what what's what's the regular word just uh uh shoot oh no we're both how are we blanking on just the uh <laughs> criticism and just uh talking i guess insulting whatever I ranting uh, i don't know <laughs> the difference between a comment and a review how about that? Sure. Yes. Okay. Like, I've definitely had to f figure out times where uh, I wanted something to be changed simply because I personally didn't like it versus weakening the project as a whole. Have you, and you've tried to change things just for that reason? Well, it's more about just like dividing personal opinion from objective. Oh, okay. Okay. Ness. Uh, so. Is there anything where your personal opinion is different from an objective one? Like your fav like you have a favorite one, but you know that the best one is different. Okay, I definitely I can definitely think of that. So, one of the collaborative projects that I've talked about on Animoot before um it was this anthology project where we took a bunch of clips and then messed messed them up and edited them and stuff to make them funny. And objectively, 
I know one of the main videos that we made has to be the best, but personally, my favorite is this one that we threw together in less than a month. Like we wrote the script in in three hours or something like that. So <laughs> that one's my personal favorite, but it's easy in that case to separate the two. Sometimes it can get to be hard to separate, especially when you're critiquing art and animation, your personal opinion versus objective critique. Like a lot of the times that you'll get into that with characters and stuff like well personally i think it should be blue but objectively it doesn't actually matter yeah yeah it's a, it's a discussion i'd like to see just online a lot more in general is is that division like there's all sorts of very heated arguments about say which installment in like a video game franchise is the best one ah yeah but the discuss that that argument gets heated and emotional because trying to figure out which is the best one is always that person's favorite as well this is my favorite, but I think this other one is the best one. Yeah, when you look at the voice acting and the scripting and the, the game art, blah, blah, blah. So. And I believe there's actually a third factor, which is simply could only be described as your one. And what I mean by that is it's usually the, the first one of something that you encountered. Oh, you're talking about the nostalgia factor. <laughs> it's the nostalgia factor, yeah, yeah. So it you know, may not be your favorite one since, but it is the one that you've connected with the most, it's, that has the most sentimental value looking back on. All right, we, we've strayed a bit off topic at this point. I don't I think, care. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I think we've kind of talked about everything we wanted to talk about uh, regarding small teams, teamwork. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear from from everyone on this as well, like what or what kind of team size would you like to experience the most and why? All right. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and hope to see you again at, in the next episode. Thanks everyone. Have a good week.